I turn with you to 1 Samuel 26 and verse number 25. I read from 1 Samuel 26 and I read verse number 25 as a foundation for some of the things that we'll be sharing together in the next couple of minutes. If you want a title for it, I call it Prevailing with God. The Bible says, Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things, and also shall still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. I'd like you to read that scripture with me with some boldness and with some bit of attitude. 6 and verse 25. Let's read it one to go. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things and also shall still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. I want you to, I want you to exercise your faith tonight. And let me look at somebody and prophesy and speak in the order of Saul in, this, uh, in the scripture we just read. And say to that person and say, in the name of Jesus, you will still prevail and you will do great things. Oh, come on. I take you to read it and say it with force. Say one more time. Say, in the name of Jesus, my brother, my sister, I speak into your life that by the mercy of God, you will do great things and you will still prevail now look at somebody else i bought to amber say in the name of jesus i speak as one who has received grace to speak that you will still do great things and by the mercy of god you will prevail and you will still prevail in the mighty name of jesus christ now this is the counsel of god for our lives I believe very strongly that for every one of us, whatever it was that Saul was moved of God to say to the life of David at that point, that's the same thing the Spirit of God is emphasizing to us. I believe that Saul did not speak just out of the flesh. That time was a major time of conflict in the life of David. If you read the story very well, you know, he had killed the beard, he had killed the lion, you know, he had killed Goliath. And at this point of his life, envy had developed. He was in the midst of so much conflict. His mentor had become his tormentor. He was needing to move from one place to the other, from one cave to the other. He was, as it were, an escapist running away for his life. But in the midst of that, God gave him a prophetic word from an unusual vessel. And it was the vessel that actually was after his life. So the man looked at him and said, you know, actually I feel like killing you. Actually I want you dead. But I have a word for you. And that is that you will still do great things and yet prevail. I somebody gets one passing across to you. Sometimes our situation could be such that as hedge does in and we feel like giving up the contradictions notwithstanding the pressures notwithstanding the conflicts notwithstanding the failures notwithstanding the word of the Lord says that against everything you are going through you will still do great things and you will prevail my mouth is enlarged in righteousness to announce tonight but by the mercy of God no matter what you are going through 
you will still do great things. Oh dear, dear, I say you shall do great things and you will still prevail in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The failures notwithstanding, the envies notwithstanding, the antagonisms notwithstanding, the backdrops notwithstanding, God is saying that I have an agenda of great things concerning you. And I want you to know that we are persuaded of the great things that God is set to do in my life and in your life. What we should focus on in this season is not the trials, it's not the tribulation, it's not the abundance of persecution on the prophetic word that God is sending us in this season. And that word is that you will still do great things and you will yet prevail. Maybe you have failed before. I want you to understand that just after that failure is a program and an agenda in God for you to do great things. Great things are spoken concerning you, O city of God, O people of God. Great things are declared concerning you. Great things are, are written concerning you. Great promises are credited into your account. God says you will still do great things and you will prevail. And you know when the president tells you that you will prevail, he knows what he's saying. All the military personnel were marshaled against this man. Everything was meant to stop him. He could not be stopped. From Keila to everywhere, it was as though he was edged in. As a matter of fact, at a time, even David himself concluded that he was finished. You know when people are saying some negative things about you, it's okay. But when you yourself concluded, ah, I'm done. I'm done with. I'm, I'm finished. At a time in David's life, that was his situation. And he got to that place and told himself, I said, well, I, I, I give up. I'm hedged in. There is no way to break out. There is no way. There is no going forward. This perhaps is the end of it. And somehow, the God who shows marvelous kindness, the God who makes a way of escape in the midst of uh, great cities, God came through for him. Even though the host surrounded him and there was no way of escape, somehow, somehow, God caused a distraction. The enemy was distracted. And why he, he was running for his life and why he escaped? And saw the king was resting his head. And somebody said, you know, I want you to go get the flask of the king. Cut some of his, uh, cut his, uh, his apron, if, if you would, and bring it to me. And, and David looked at his enemy and said, sir, can you recognize my voice? And he said, yes, blessed be thou of the Lord. He said, what have I done for you? What exactly is the problem? Why are you chasing me all over the place? Okay, if the God have incensed you against me, let them take an offering. What exactly is my problem? Then Saul looked at David and said to David, Say, if a man found his enemy, will he spear him? He said, My life has been precious in your sight this day. Then he went ahead to speak that word. He said, My son David, one thing is sure you will yet do great things and you will prevail. Listen to this if you will not succumb to 
the negativities around you, you can be persuaded in God that victory is your portion. If you will not succumb to the flesh, if you will not allow the voice of the flesh to gain ascendancy over the voice of the spirit, if you will not relegate the prophetic for the now, if you will esteem the promises of God above the realities of this time, the Bible says you will yet do great things and you will prevail. Somebody say with an attitude, say in the name of Jesus, Oh dear, dear, prophesy, say in the name of Jesus, by the mercy of God, I will yet do great things and I shall prevail. Look at yourself, say by the mercy of God, I will yet do great things and I will prevail. Now that is Hebron to take, I will yet do great things. My prophecy will come to pass. That is a kingdom to take, I will still take Hebron. As a matter of fact, I will go from taking Hebron I will move to taking the entire tribe of Israel. I will take the ten tribes. I will not just take the ten tribes. I will become the king that God has destined me to be. Why? Because I will still do great things. And I will still prevail. Today may be the days of hiding in the cave. The day may be the day of running. Uh, there may be the shimmies of life who don't understand my reality and they are messing with me. Today may be the time that people will call me a bloodthirsty man, but there is a prophecy hanging over my head. And that prophecy is that I will yet do great things and I will prevail. I will prevail. I may be misunderstood today. Somebody may not understand me. Somebody may not know the content of my assignment. Somebody may look at me as a miscreant. Somebody may look at me like somebody who ran away from his master. But there is a word that God has placed on, on my life. And that word is that I will still do great things. And I will prevail. I said you will do great things. Oh, come I say you will do great things. And you will prevail. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me say things very quickly. Number one, I need you to understand that your prevailing in life is actually tied to the works of redemption. What gives us the platform and the confidence that we will prevail is because Jesus prevailed. What makes us to be bold about what our outcome will be as New Testament people is the fact that Christ has actually prevailed. Turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter number 5, please. Revelation chapter 5, from verse 4 all the way to verse 5. Revelation chapter 5, from verse 4. All the way to verse 5. Now let's read it together if you don't mind. Let's read it one to go. He says, so I wept much. Because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll and to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, let's read it together. Do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has prevailed. To open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed and because he has prevailed i will prevail yeah if the first fruit is holy then we can expect 
that the remainder of the harvest will also be holy. If Christ prevailed, then there is a confidence with which we can rejoice and face life that we also will we prevail. I found out that the ultimate counsel and the ultimate program of God really is not to produce a people that will not go through anything. It's to produce a people that will prevail. It's not what is thrown at you that is important. It is you prevailing. It is not the adversities that is important. It is you advancing in the midst of the adversity. Somebody say, I will advance. Oh, come and talk to me. Say, I shall advance. Say with confidence, say, I will prevail because Jesus prevailed. Listen to this. When Jesus hung on the tree and he died, and just before he gave up the ghost, then he said with confidence, he said, it is finished. And may I submit to you that whatever Christ has finished cannot finish you. What Jesus finished cannot finish you again. He already finished it. And so because he prevailed, we can be sure that we will prevail. Adam, the, the, the first Adam, missed it in the midst of a perfect condition. Everything was alright. He was in the garden, in fact. Okay? And yet he failed, so to speak. But the children of the last Adam will be under imperfect conditions, and yet they will prevail. Why? Because our first fruit, Jesus himself, prevailed. And it is in him prevailing that we can lay hold on strength and that which he has already done for us to also prevail. We can't talk about prevailing because you know what? That by the strength of a man shall no person prevail. By ordinary strength, you cannot prevail. In and of yourself, you cannot prevail. You need something more than you to make you prevail in life. And that is that which Christ already did for us. In Christ Jesus, we are overcomers. Because Jesus prevailed, you also can expect to prevail. Number two, for us to prevail, you need empowerment. You need empowerment. You need to be empowered to prevail. Potentially, and as far as the commands of the as far as God is concerned, you already prevailed. You are not a failure. In the eyes of God, there is nothing troll at you that you will not surmount. As far as God is concerned, you are destined to prevail. When God sees you, he's not, seeing, he's not looking at a struggler. He's not looking at somebody who is so battered and who is just trying to, you know, escape and who is trying to survive. No. As far as God sees you, in the eyes of the word of God, God sees you as somebody who already prevailed. And so if you have to meet yourself in the counsel of God, you find out really that everything that you are going through, as far as God is concerned, you already overcame all of those things. But to make sure that our prevailing is not just potential, but it is lived out and experienced day by day, there is a need for us to go for the type of spiritual empowerment that helps us to give expression to the nikos, to the victory. 
that we have in Christ Jesus. I read a scripture to you in Exodus 17 from verse 11 all the way to verse 13. Exodus 17 from verse 11. See what the Bible says about Israel prevailing. The Bible says, and when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and when he lowered his hand, Hamalek prevailed. But Moses' hand were heavy and he, and he grew weary. So the, so, the, so the other men took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hor held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. And Joshua moved, mowed down and disabled Amalek and his people with the sword. Now look at this. There was a conflict. There was a warfare. Now, they are God's people. It's been said about them that no nation of the world will be able to stand before you. They had a prophetic covering of the presence and the power of God such that everywhere they went to, the nations around them ordinarily, the fear of them came upon the nations. But in the midst of that, there was still a time in their life that they had to fight. Listen to this. Now, prevailing, that word prevailing in itself, it, it speaks of some form of conflict and some form of warfare. Now, there can be no prevailing if there is no conflict. So God said, conflict or battles are part of the journey. There will never be a time in your life that there will be no conflict. Can somebody say amen to that? There will never be a time in your life that you will not have to confront something. But here is it. What you carry is bigger than what you are confronting. If we had a need, and like we always have a need, and Pastor E, you have, you have a need. And it's a need of a million dollars. Right? And in your account, you have a hundred million dollars. I'm sure you wouldn't have to fast and pray for us. I mean, so seriously. Why? Because what you have is bigger than what you are confronting. But if you have a need... You have a need for $300 and you have $5. Then you may need to worry, right? Then you may want to pray. But really, in God's working, whatever we are facing can't be compared to the weight of investment that God already made upon us. Whether by redemption, whether by prophecy, and all of those stuffs. Now what is required of us then becomes for us to lay hold on that which is already in our account to meet with the needs and the challenges of life. Is somebody getting a person across the world? So a battle came. Even though they are God's choicest people, the Moses said, there is a need to raise an altar of warfare. To deal with the Amalekites. And so. While people were fighting at the valley. He went up. He went upstairs. Raising his hand to heaven. Okay. 
and prophetically deploying the victory of Christ into that present situation. And the Bible says, so long his hands were raised up, then those, go, those folks experienced victory. If somebody gets down passing across you. And for the reason of uh, our mortality, the, the weaknesses of the flesh, at some point his hands grew weary. And if he ever drew down those hands, then the other side prevailed. If somebody gets up passing across you. Here is the point. There will be times in your life that you will need to exercise what you already have in the place of warfare to experience your victory. They could have said, we have the prophet with us. We have the Shekinah backing us up and we will not do nothing. No. There was a time in their life that they needed to raise as it were an altar and said, we dedicate this altar as Jehovah Nisi and let the Lord fight the battle. Let the Lord come, let the Lord conquer Amalek forever. There are times in my life and in your life that we will need to exercise authority in the place of prayer, in the place of the word for our victory to become experiential. And I want to pray for you and trust God with you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Sometimes a full-time devil, all right, will be messing up with a part-time Christian. Somebody who is not really engaging what he has. And there is this person who is rooted in darkness, who understands the principle of warfare. Not because anything that he is doing is superior to what we have, but because somebody has become lazy. And that person is not understanding the, the fullness of what he carries. So the other fellow who is in darkness begins to mess with his mind. The day you know what you have. The day you know what you stand on. The day you know your investment. And you are able to channel it in the right direction. Then victory becomes your experience. I want to trust God with you for every one of us. That as we go through this conference. Our victory, our prevailing will not just be potential. It will become experiential. The type of empowerment. The knowledge that we need. The spiritual energy that we need. To give expression to the victory of Christ will be released upon us in this season in the mighty name of jesus christ somebody raise your hand to heaven say i shall no longer be defeated oh come on say i shall no longer be defeated i shall still do great things and i will prevail in the name of jesus christ raise your hand to heaven and say with confidence say in the name of jesus i decree and declare that I stand on the promises of Christ and on the power of redemption. Christ has prevailed. So shall I prevail. I prevail against death. I prevail against evil in the name of Jesus Christ. 